learn a little bit of uh, Shar Bitochen here, and we're going to skip a little bit. We're in the middle of uh, Perak Hay, before the Yom Tovim, before the Yom Naram. And I want to move to Perak Zion. I want to move to the seventh chapter, which in this printing of Art School is found on page 266. And it's kind of a sikum. It's a little bit of a of a a closure of the safer, but it's I believe it's more appropriate to what all of us are experiencing now, and it's something that I specifically want to be working on for myself. So let's let's learn this together. So the first six chapters, Rabbi Yoyna has been describing how and does describe, and we'll get back to again the the fifth parak. Um, huh? No. Yeah. So he's been describing how the, the, you you work on the uh, how we begin to work on our bitachin, our amun, our bitachin. But at the same time, there's always things that are that exist in the world that get in the way of our bitachin. So you could be working your bitachin at the very same time. There's things that are out there that detract. From our bitachin, okay. So, for example, Klal Yisrael is we personally are experiencing a, uh, a a situation that demands of us to work on our relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's not difficult to see that there are at the same time, if one were to stay on social media or one is to follow uh, cable news, there's many things. It's pretty much all about detracting us from focusing on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it's about the fighters and it's about the invasion and it's about Hamas and it's about the things that Hashem put into the world but it's not about Hashem. So we start to put more emphasis on the situation than we do our Amuna and Bitochen which is really the true situation. So we're kind of getting distracted from the primary that we can be instilling in ourselves and focusing on things that are more of the side points that are here. For example, uh, wiping out Hamas. Very important. Well, very important. The way to wipe out Hamas, as we said, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu will wipe them out. That's how they're going to get wiped out. <laughs> we don't wipe them out. The Rebbein Shalom wipes them out. There's ways to protect ourselves through our Torah and our mitzvahs, but it's not about the ground invasion as much as it is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then Rebbein Shalom made the world in a way where we need an IDF, we need to go fight, we need to protect ourselves, but we know that as our, our uh, Heilige soldiers, who uh, Reb Chaim Shmolevitz, Rashiv of Mir, calls them, Halavai, this shouldn't happen to any of them, but he calls them to have the status of the Haruge Lud. The Haruge Lud, the Gemara says, were two brothers that went straight to Elam Haba without any, uh, without any uh, Din V'Cheshben, and the story the Gemara brings down is there was a pretty much call it a blood libel, which has been happening throughout our history in the city of Lud, where the, the Gentiles um, uh, accused the local Jews of killing one of their children. And the, uh, the sultan made a decree that if the murderers, murderer or murderers don't step forward, they're going to kill out all the Jews in Lud. Now, they knew the Jews didn't do it. So it was an easy tactic to kill the Jews because nobody could step forward because they didn't kill them. Yeah, and they knew that, the Gayim knew that. So there were two brothers from Lud that stepped forward and took, took it for the team, so to speak, and they uh, claimed, they knew that the, the, in order to save the town, 
they claim that they killed the child. They're known as the Harugi Lud, and the Gemara says that their place in Eilam Haba for eternity is an incredible place. When speaking to the Bacharim in the Mir Yeshiva, um, uh, would, would tell the Bacharim, you should know, the mem- all the members of the IDF have the status of Harugi Lud. There's, the, there's people who want to kill us, there's people who want to wipe us out. That's their, own, that's their intention. And there's a, there's a few Hever that step up for the team. And they say, oh, you want to kill us? Well, then you're going to kill me. That's going to, it's, going to be, it's going to be me. Halavai, this shouldn't happen to any, any one of them. Because Baruch Hu should protect, uh, should, should protect all of them. But we know, and uh, we'll protect all of them, Bez Hashem. But we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one fighting for us. It's, it's, this is all about the Rebbein Shalom. And the more we connect to the Rebbein Shalom, the more salvation, the more salvation there's going to be. That's, that's the Avaida. The Avaida is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, and we need an IDF. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us we need an IDF. But it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The problem is we get distracted from it. So there's many things that are put into the world to distract us from our Amun and Bitochet. And that's, that's the basis from where Perak Zion begins and, and allows us to, to clarify and, and be aware for ourselves how to ensure that true Amunah and Bitochen reigns in our lives in the way that we view all our, all our situations. So here we go. Since we've already established in Shara Bitochen, in this, uh, in all the previous chapters, working on, on uh, reliance on Hashem, everything that we've explained about Bitochen, according to the best of our ability, the best ability of the human mind, at least that we can possibly fathom. Obviously, there's no way to fully understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The, Chazal, the Tzadikim tell us, in Hasidus, it's a fascinating concept just to, just to contemplate. In, in Hasidus, there's a, the, uh, there's a concept that the truth is, it's impossible to understand a single word of Torah. The human mind, the separation that a physical entity has from the depth and greatness of Taira, really the two should never be able to come together. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the same way HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm going to fight for you, but you need to make an army. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you can't understand the Taira, but if you learn, I'll give it to you. It, it's not, it's, but when we understand Taira, it's not that, oh, because I learned, I understand Torah. No, Hashem says, just learn Torah, and I'm going to give you a matana, because the separation really should be too big, but it's not. Because the more Torah we learn, the more matana, the more gift HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives to us. That's what Rabbi Niyayin is saying over here. He says, according to the, can we fully understand what Amuna is, the, the MS of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Bitochen, what it, what it means, how involved Hashem is in this world while we're physical beings here. We can't really do it, but, we, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, focus on Amuna Bitochen to the best of your understanding, the best that the human mind can fathom. So let's now explain things that can get in the way and distract us or detract us from having proper Amuna in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we know we could be aware and stay away from these things. Vaimar, he says. I want the first thing. Uh, Vaimar, I'm going to say as follows. There are things that we mentioned in the first three sections of of um, of the Chayvus Avavus, not in Shar Bitochem, but in Shar Yichud, Shar Bechina, Shar Bechina, Shar Vaydas Elikim. Which, under, uh, um, which explain the oneness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how to, view, different ways to view the world, different ways to, to service Hashem. So in these categories, Rabbi Yaina brought down 
uh, many different ways that things can detract us. And let's get into them. Let's get into them. Hasichlus. Hasichlus will translate as foolishness. It, it, it's not really foolishness. Rabbinian is using this word in context, which is, um, which is not knowing. There's a difference between being a fool and just not knowing. A fool is not somebody who doesn't know. A fool is somebody who should know better and doesn't know how to handle that information. Okay? So hasichlus is really just not knowing. Not knowing. Huh? Yeah, being ignorant about something. Be'inyan abayrei, about, about the power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, u'midaysav ha'tayvis. And the, the incredible midas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'm, I'm certainly in this category. Yeah? We try our best, but do we fully fathom the midaysav ha'tayvis? The midas tayvis. The greatness of the midas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Can we grasp it? I'll tell you, I wouldn't have patience for me. No way. <laughs> Because <laughs> Baruch knows all my thoughts, right? They say, forget, there's a, a phrase I saw recently. Forget trying to walk a mile in my shoes. Spend 30 seconds in my brain and you'll freak out. Right? Yeah? It's like, Akadosh Baruch is always, always like in, in our heads. He knows our thoughts. He knows the ins. He knows the outs. You know, and, and every one of us, and everything's worked perfectly. And, and he knows all the times I wanted to do an Avir, and all the times I wanted to scream, and he, I wanted to say something, and he knows all these. And, but the, the patience and the Midas Taivas, so to speak, the, 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 perfect, the perfection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and how he manages the affairs of our personal lives and the entire world where everything comes together, if, we're not a, if we don't pay attention to this, then, uh, then uh, it, it detracts from what we're talking. We have to pay attention to, to Hashem's Rachmanis. To Hashem's patience, to Hashem's, uh, to Hashem's mercy, to, to, to Hashem's goodness, to Hashem's, f- and, and also MS, which in my, in my own personal life is a contradiction. Because sometimes, in order to be merciful, you can't live a life of MS. You have to be willing to allow Shekhar to be there. Right? You have to allow falsehood in order to be kind. And Rakadish Baruch Hu completes this, uh, and it's all. We have, to, we have to be aware of these things because this is what plays a larger role. And, and then we sit back and, and the more at least we become cognizant of it, the more we become, uh, the, the more we become conscious to it, the greater, the greater our bitachin. Something that I've shared here a number of months ago in this setting and, and uh, it's something that I've, I learned about six, seven years ago. Um, it, it, I learned it primarily with, with relationships And it's just, again, it's not a chiddush It's not a novel idea But it creates awareness That everything in this world here's what, The reason why there's no foolish question Or things of that sort Is because everything in this world Goes through a cycle of four steps Everything in, in the world that we All the information we come upon We always start out with what's called Unconscious incompetence Okay, follow the words Unconscious incompetence. I don't know that I'm incompetent. I don't know. Take somebody. It's easier to look at others, but I'll tell you, for me, it was in my marriage. There's areas of our marriage that were unconsciously incompetent, and we don't even know that we're not good on it. Because we don't even know what could be. See, the people who show up to Shalom Bayez classes usually are the ones with decent Shalom Bayez. It's the ones who are fine... And like, eh, no, I don't have time for that. It's usually the ones who have, yeah, you, you could do some help, right? Rabari Levin, when he would give a shear, would say that it was, it was always the gedolim 
Meltzer that would sit in on his shir between Mincha Marav and Shalom Bayis that afterwards would come over and thank him, you know, Mamish, that Mamish, I would touch them, it's going to help their Shalom Bayis, you know. The people who had good Shalom Bayis, they, they, they learned and they weren't kidding. It's because they cared, so they took it in. And everybody else is like, no, okay, it's only to Mincha Marav, it's a class, I don't care. Okay, so your marriage will stay the same till 120, and it is what it is, but you're unconsciously incompetent. You don't know that you're incompetent. You think you're competent, you don't. You might not even be aware that it exists. Somebody who's raised in, in, a, in a part of the world where Tyra is not even a word. They don't even know it exists. So they're, they're, they're unconsciously incompetent. And then you hear about it. You learn about it. Let's take my marriage. I'm unconsciously incompetent to, one, to a specific part of my marriage. How I can bond with my wife, let's say. And then I hear about it. I attend a class. I, I hear somebody mention something. I'm like, oh, I become consciously incompetent. Yeah, Taka, I, I could do, I could work on that. Yeah, Taka, that's something I could work on, right? So I go from unconscious incompetence to now conscious incompetence, which is a much better place. At least I'm conscious. It's what says, at least be conscious. Then we start working on it, and we become consciously competent, which means I know I need to work on it, and I am working on it, so I'm decent. I'm okay. I'm consciously competent. And then the last step that we get to is unconscious competence. It becomes habit. This is just how we are. This is how we deal with our spouses. This is how we deal with our children. This is how we deal with our children. Huh? Where did this concept come from? I got it when I was when, uh, from a, uh, a program I went through with my wife called Pears. Which focuses on, on building relationships. From the scientific literature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And when I was listening to this, I said, This is Mamish, my relationship with Akadish Baruch Hu as well. It's my, Mamish, my relationship with the world. It's my relationship with you. Um, it's my the, And I'll tell you why this is Mamish it. And this, this has helped me in Rabbonus. It's helped me in a number of different places. <coughs> I take in all pieces of information differently than you take in the information. So me and you could be having a conversation and the truth is I'm unconsciously incompetent. I used to be unconsciously incompetent thinking that me and you are actually talking and having a straight up conversation. What I've come to learn is that most of the time now I'm really consciously incompetent because you're telling me something. For example, me and you could be saying, you really need to love Yidden. Okay? You agree you need to love Yidin? I agree we need to love Yidin. Are we talking the same language? I don't know. I know a lot of people that love their kids that are abusive. Why are they abusive? I'm telling you, they mamish love their children. They do. It's because they don't like their children. They love their children. And there's a difference. You could care for somebody. If you don't really like them, you don't really respect them as people. And therefore... You could be emotionally abusive, you could be physically abusive. All, all in mind that I really feel it's, it's, in, it's in their best interest. And, and don't tell me I can't be abusive because I mamish love them. No, you could. If I care, just the opposite. Because you love them, that's where abuse could come from. If you didn't care, if, if you didn't love them, then you'd say, why would you care? So we need to be very, so me and you could be talking the same language and be like, oh, you need to love. But the way to love people in your brain is different than the way to love people in my brain. So we're saying the same thing, but we're having different conversations. I at least need to be conscious. I have to realize, I have to be conscious of the incompetence of the conversation so that we can get a layer deeper and be like, oh, so what exactly do you mean? You know, when we say, when we say that you have to support the IDF, what does that mean? To show solidarity? Is that what it means? To put on a, 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 an Israeli flag? Okay, that's what, that's what taking care of the IDF means to you. To me, it might mean ensuring that 
I start giving X amount of money to protect our soldiers every month, to ensuring I give X amount of money to doing this, ensuring that I say two kapitlach tehillim every day. And in the meantime, we both say we love Eretz Yisrael, we both say we love the Chayalim, but how it, how it plays out is going to be a completely different conversation. But we need so it's, a, it's another layer of awareness, and the more awareness that we have, again, it's not a negative thing, it's just a reality. The more awareness that I have of something, the more I can work on it. That's bring us back to the Chayvah Sabavas. He says when we're talking, when, when we're working on our Muna Bitachin in Hakadosh Baruch Hu, if we have, if we appreciate Hashem's Midas, what does it mean that He's uh, that He's compassionate? What does it mean that He's merciful? What's the difference between compassion and mercy? What does it mean that He's emistic? What does it mean that He's patient? All these things, and then Bahasagasa and Hashem supervising all this, Umashlei Behem, and He rules over. He rules over these, these Midas and he rules over the world. And everything's under the reins of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All the madness that I see in the world, I realize is not really madness. The same HaKadosh Baruch Hu that took us through the Midbar. I'll tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Then we're going to have to hold it in. same HaKadosh Baruch Hu that took us through the Midbar caused October 7th. Caused Shmini Yatzeres. Is that mind-blowing? Maybe yeah, maybe no. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's mind-blowing. That Hashem is above time. What separated the man in the midbar where he took care of all of us and Nebuch, let's say the Holocaust? What separates those two events? Time. If you don't have time, those events happen simultaneous. If you don't have time, we are living with Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Because the only thing that separates us is time. Because the sun and the moon kept moving and people don't live forever. So they happen to not be here at this time. But if you're Lamaila Menazman, so we're Taka here. When we daven, Hashem should keep in mind this chus of Av Mitzvah Yenakov. We're not going back generations, generations, generations. In this world we are. In the world of Emes, there's chusim are here. In the world of truth, their mom is with us. Their mom is here. There's chus of us. Tremendous chesed. But then you try to put everything together. Like, wow, this is, this is a, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What does it even mean? I don't know. <laughs> right? But it's, it's just, a, it's, it's, it, 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 it could blow your mind. But I realize it's not man. There's a ruler. There's perfection. There's HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running the show right now. He's running the show. And when we sit in our cars and we're by ourselves and, we're, and, we're, and we cry because there's no excuse not to mamish like there are like it's me. They would have done the same thing to us. These, there's people sitting there right now in captivity that either are currently being raped and tortured or are scared that it's going to happen in a minute. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu's in absolute control. Where, where's the excuse not, not not to scream our kishkas out in our car at Hashem and say Hashem, I'm mad about this. I'm upset. Put an end to it. You could do this. You could do this. Why aren't you putting an end to it? What's going on? Do we have a mood on bitachin? Are we screaming? Are we screaming our kishkas out? That's it. Nobody can do anything against Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And our, we know that the heart of Hakadosh Baruch Hu and the abilities of Hakadosh Baruch Hu never rest. And when a person internalizes the knowledge that Hashem really is completely compassionate and completely merciful and is completely supervising and is in absolute control, 
built into that frustration is absolute reliance. That you know, because Baruch, I rely on you so much. That's why I'm so frustrated here. We're, bring them home. The chayalim that are on the border that are about that are about to go in. Nebuch, according to nature, there's going to be blood spilled. Hakadosh Baruch don't let that happen. Urban warfare ain't simple. Hakadosh Baruch you 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 can make sure nothing happens, and and you will make sure. And I'm rely, and we rely on you to make sure. You're a chanan, you're a rachum, you, you you got it. And the the more we the more we say it, and the more we we bring it in, and the more we connect with Emunu B'Tachin, the more that midah comes out. Antaka after 120, just I'm just focusing on this specific situation right now that we're going through. We should be zeicha. We come up after 120 that a chayal or an Israeli or one of the captives comes over us and says, you know, I, I appreciate because you were careful with this mitzvah or because you you guarded your eyes and and you didn't uh, look at this or whatever. You should know that I was supposed to be blinded and I wasn't, or I was you know I, I was released from captivity a few days earlier because of your mitzvah. And there's no way for us to know. No for us to know. But we have to do what we, we know that Kaddish Baruch Hu has a rhyme and a reason. He's in absolute control. And he says, I do things to bring Shalom and Klai Yisrael. There's a rhyme. There's a reason. I'm in control. This is not madness. It's not Hamas who's in control. I'm in control. And we have to place our complete Abu Nabi and know it. We have to know that Kaddish Baruch Hu is in control of absolutely everything that's going on. Okay. <laughs>